Welcome to podcast number 136 of Quality Christian Living. I am your host, David Friend. As we continue our series on the miracle gifts of the Spirit, I believe today you're going to be excited about what's to take place because I am, and I'm happy to tell you that today we're going to talk about how the operation of the gifts should work in the church. The Word of God has great explanation of how it should function, and the Apostle Paul specifically has instructions that we'll go through today. So this is going to be a very special message. You might want to let your friends and family members know what's about to take place, and I know that you're going to be blessed in it. But before we get started, we need to pray. You know, for the 20 years that I pastored a church, I never once stood before the congregation to bring a message unless we prayed and invited the Holy Spirit to come in and take control. So these podcasts must be just like that. So Heavenly Father, we come to you once again and ask for your guidance, your anointing, your blessing. I invite the Holy Spirit now to take charge, to take control, to lead me as I bring this teaching specifically on the miracles of the spiritual gifts. Thank you, Lord, for your presence. Thank you for being with us through all of these podcasts. And I pray that those that are listening in today would receive something very special from you, that they would understand how the gifts would operate, and they would understand so they would be able to explain to others exactly how Paul defined them and how you would like for them to work. I'll thank you for that in advance, and I'll give you all praise and glory for what's about to take place. For we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Once again, I want to remind you this is podcast number 136. If you are interested in these teachings on the Holy Spirit and on miracles and on faith, you can go back to the list of podcasts that I've done and see the complete topics, and I believe it'll bless you. Today's podcast is entitled Operating in Miracle Spiritual Gifts. Although this podcast will address operating in the miracle spiritual gifts, our primary focus must always be to lift up the name of Jesus. Some make a mistake to seek only the gift and not the giver of spiritual miracles. Jesus must always be lifted up and exalted. When we do that, when we lift up the name of Jesus, the gifts of the Spirit will be activated. I'm telling you, that's how to approach the gifts. When we become Christians, the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit dwells in us. We find that in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 16. Now remember, this is the Apostle Paul speaking to the church in Corinth, and they were having a lot of problems understanding how the church was to function, who Paul was, who Jesus was, and their understanding of the Holy Spirit. So he gave them instructions throughout the first and second Corinthians, and I'm just going to use this one verse to talk about how the Spirit comes in, dwell inside of us. First Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16 in the New Living Translation. Don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God lives in you? Now, he was trying to get them to understand that they have the Holy Spirit dwelling in them when they become believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's the same way today when you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. The Apostle Paul was trying to tell people that we must live a godly life. Our lives must be directed by the Spirit and not by our flesh. So he gives additional instructions in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and I'm going to read just one verse, and that's verse 19, once again, in the New Living Translation. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself. Let's read verse 20 also. For God bought you with a high price, so you must honor God with your body. The Apostle Paul is trying to give instructions to help these new believers in Corinth to understand their walk with God is in direct relationship to the gifts of the Spirit operating in their life. I read verse 20 because it has a very powerful statement in it that we need to 
understand when we're talking about seeking the miracle gifts of the Holy Spirit. Paul said in verse 20, he said, for God bought you with a high price. What does that mean? I mean, some of you probably already know, but there might be others that might understand what that's talking about. The high price that God bought us with was when he gave his son, Jesus Christ, and he sacrificed his life that we could have eternal life with Jesus and with him and with those who have passed on, who who received Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. The high price paid by God is one that I wouldn't pay. I wouldn't give my son for the life of someone else. And I think most of us feel the exact same way. But think about that. We must not take the gifts lightly because God wants us to understand that all these things that are happening and all these gifts that took place, he paid the ultimate price of the gift of his son, Jesus Christ, who died. So our sins would be forgiven. Jesus took on the sins of the entire world, the past sins, the current sins, and the future sins, so that we could have a relationship with him and God the Father. There's another passage of scripture I think that's wonderful that Paul gives us in Ephesians in chapter 5 and verse 18, once again giving us instructions on how our life should line up in order to, quite frankly, be prepared to be ready to be infilled with the wonder-working power, miracle power, of the Holy Spirit. I'm reading in Ephesians chapter 5 and verses 15 through 18 or 19. We'll just see how the Spirit leads us. But Paul, once again, is giving instructions, helping us to understand that we've got to live for Jesus. You know, when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, our primary desire must be to glorify our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So once again, I'm reading in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15, New Living Translation. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Verse 18, don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Verse 19, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts. That's an interesting statement, isn't it? Making music to the Lord in your heart, worshiping the Lord from our heart and giving him this wonderful sound from us, his children, the ones that he loved so much that he gave the life of his son for us. And verse 20 says, and give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul once again is preparing us. And as we go into this teaching today, talking about the miracle gifts of the Holy Spirit, we've got to get our heart prepared to receive and to receive it correctly and understand how it should operate in the church. When it comes to being filled with the Holy Spirit, it kind of reminds me of a story about the glass of water. We've all heard this little story before that a glass of water that is either half full or it's half empty. You see, we become fully filled when the Holy Spirit comes to live in us. We have a 100% infilling of the Holy Spirit. We're not, not anticipating, we're not waiting for it to take place. It's already taken place when we've given our life to Jesus Christ. Now that we've built a solid understanding of why we must put Jesus first as believers and why our lives must be lived godly and righteously, we are ready to look at the miracle gifts of the Spirit. The Bible tells us that there are multiple miracle gifts, and that's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I'm going to read probably verses 4 through 7 in the New Living Translation. The Apostle Paul is talking once again about spiritual gifts here in verse 4. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. Verse 7, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. 
Paul is simply saying that the manifestations of the Holy Spirit are for the church. It's to help each other. It's to build each other up. It's not to lift up one person. It's not to make one person feel like they're a super spiritual person or someone who's got a greater influence or something with the Holy Spirit. That's not the purpose of it at all, but it's to lift up each other and bless the church. It is important now to note that not everyone who has the gifts of the Spirit are aware that they may have a spiritual gift like healing or miracles or interpretation of tongues and other gifts. We know that anyone who is a child of God has the Holy Spirit in them. We've already taught that. But did you know that the gifts of the Holy Spirit can come forth from a believer whether they know they have the gift or not? Now, I have been with prayer groups and seen individuals start praying in the Spirit and interpreting messages in tongues. They had never experienced it before. This was a spontaneous manifestation that came through them because they had already been filled with the Holy Spirit and the presence of the Holy Spirit was living in them and they were desiring the gifts. Any of the gifts of the Spirit we heard about in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 can be manifested in a believer whether they believe that they have the gifts or they question whether they have them or not. That's happened in my own life on several occasions. I went to church when I first became a Christian. I wanted the gifts of the Spirit. I was praying in the Spirit. I had my prayer language. I would pray in tongues in worship services very quietly and calmly so I wouldn't distract someone else and make someone else feel like, what's going on? What's happening here? And it was something that was wonderful and beautiful. But I didn't realize that the Lord had given me other gifts until I went to pray for people and found out that the Lord showed me what a person, what their sickness was, what was happening in their body. And I was able to speak that into them and pray and tell them that their kidney situation or their diabetic situation was being healed and Jesus healed them. Then I told them to go get verification of that at the doctor and they did. And they found out that yes, they had been healed and it was a miracle manifestation of the Holy Spirit. I didn't know that it was operating in me, but the Holy Spirit brought it forth when I I was eagerly seeking him and desiring a closer walk with him and being able to help others and see the church being blessed. When I first became a Christian, we went to a Pentecostal church, and I think I gave the story in one of my prior podcasts about a very kind of an extreme Pentecostal church that was kind of out of control, and a lot of things were happening that weren't totally outlined the way the Apostle Paul teaches us, but they were still good people. They just were misdirected in certain areas. And then I went to another Pentecostal church where the pastor was able to educate us and explain to us how the gifts of the Spirit would operate in the church, and it was wonderful, and they flowed freely, and people were being blessed. Now, we were told at that time, at least I was told at that time, that I should seek the miracle gifts of the Spirit, but that we should never seek these gifts unless we are living and abiding in the Holy Spirit. You see, the use of the gifts require a believer to use wisdom, to have understanding, to be taught how they should operate. The gifts of the Holy Spirit must operate in order and with a purpose. The Apostle Paul tells us we should avoid speaking in tongues out loud in a church service because there may be some attending who do not understand these gifts of the Spirit. Churches have experienced overzealous Christians who want to display their gifts to show off. Now, this is a terrible fleshly action and must never take place in the church. Let's look up the proper and the improper use of the gifts of the Spirit found in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. So I'm going to read the words of the Apostle Paul as he spoke to the church in Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse number 13. And here's what Paul said. So anyone who speaks in tongues should pray also for the ability to interpret what has been said. For if I pray in tongues, my spirit is praying 
but I don't understand what I'm saying. That happened to me in the church that I visited. I went there. I had not prayed in the Spirit before. I didn't know what tongues interpretation were or those various things. And we went to a church, and the lady behind me was just screaming loudly in, in a language that I didn't understand. I didn't know what was taking place. And it was very confusing. And it made me kind of wonder if I would ever want anything like that. But the Apostle Paul tells us that it needs to be in order. So let's go on and read a couple more verses about this teaching. Paul says in verse number 18, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than any of you, but in a church meeting, I would rather speak five understandable words to help others than 10,000 words in an unknown language. And then Paul talks again here in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 22, and he says this, So you see that speaking in tongues is a sign not for believers, but for unbelievers. Prophecy, however, is for the benefit of believers, not unbelievers. So verse 23, Even so, if if unbelievers or people who don't understand these things come into your church meeting and hear everyone speaking in an unknown language, they will think that you are all crazy. But then he goes on to 24 and he talks about the other gift, which is a gift of prophecy. He says in verse 24, but if all of you are prophesying and unbelievers are people who don't understand these things come into your meeting, they will be convicted of sin and judged by what you say. Listen to this, verse 25. See, this is, shows the proper manifestations of the Holy Spirit through these miracle gifts. Verse 25, as they listen, their secret thoughts will be exposed and they will fall to their knees and worship God, declaring God is truly here among us. See, the Apostle Paul was setting things in order. He was saying tongues are wonderful. They're glorious. He says, I pray probably more in tongues than majority of you people do. He says, but it, it can be confusing to others. They don't understand. So he said, I'd rather speak five legible words, good words that people can understand than in a language that no one can comprehend. So then he goes on to talk about, but prophecy on the other hand is instruction and direction for the church to help the church, to build the church. It's to help people feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit that there's things in their life that they need to change. Now, it doesn't mean that a person who speaks in prophecy is going in to condemn people and is going to challenge people and start talking down to people. That's not an operation of the Holy Spirit. Prophecy is there to build up and to strengthen the body of Christ. And it's a gift that we'll talk about more in upcoming podcasts. And down here on verse 33, I'm not going to read all of the scriptures because you can do that. You can go home and you can read 1 Corinthians chapter 12, chapter 13, chapter 14, and you'll learn a lot from it. And many of you already understand this, but if you have questions, those are places to go. But he closes, gets towards the end of chapter 14. He says in verse 33 of 1 Corinthians, he says, for God is not a God of disorder, but of peace, as in all the meetings of God's holy people. He wants it to be in order and decent and under control. And personally, the person responsible for keeping a church service under control is the pastor. He's the one that should direct those things and should and should know by the leading of the Holy Spirit as to whether things are proper or whether things are worldly or whether they're of the flesh. And these are things that are happening in the church. And I can tell you, the manifestations of the Holy Spirit would come forth more boldly if people would understand how they work and what their purpose is. And that's what we're trying to do through these teachings in these podcasts. Let me give you another personal example. Sometimes I hate to give all these personal examples, but on the other hand, they're examples that I went through, and so they're ones that I'm very clear on, and I understand that no one will be offended by them. At least I won't. You see, when I became a Christian, it was not long before I desired to experience the miracles of the Holy Spirit. My wife and I prayed, searched the scriptures to understand the working of the manifestations of the miracle gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now, on a few occasions, we visited churches who were known to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. 
When we attended different churches, the order and the operation of the gifts varied from church to church. We would visit a church and I would speak to someone about the gifts of the Spirit and how that would happen in my life. And on occasion, this person that I would talk to would have an attitude of arrogance or superiority, like they were talking down to me and I hadn't grown up yet. We ran into a few Christians who acted unkind and judgmental. When we said that we were new to the gifts of the Spirit, now conversely, many of those who operated in the gifts were kind, loving, and helpful. As you can imagine, we settled into a Pentecostal, Spirit-filled congregation who operated in love. That was when it all happened and it came together. Sadly, many believers have experienced poor teachings and experienced bad things in the operation of the gifts. Those of us who understand how the gifts should operate in order must talk to those who have had poor experiences. My challenge to you is to seek the gifts and read the Apostle Paul's instructions. Then we must teach others Paul's understanding and teachings of the guidance and the directions and the way the miracle gifts of the Holy Spirit should and must operate in the local church. I think this would be a good time to go back, kind of digress just a little bit. Let's go back to 1 Corinthians in chapter 1, where Paul first started talking about this, and he was greeting the people in Corinth, and Paul was giving thanks to God about what was taking place, and he was giving them some guidance and direction. So why don't we do that and kind of go back to see how God used Paul to teach and direct people. And I think we need that because I've just challenged you to go to other people and help them understand the proper workings of the Holy Spirit as you have learned it through this podcast and also in reading the Word of God. So let's read 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verses maybe 4 through 9 and just let's see how the Spirit leads us. I'm reading in the New Living Translation. I always thank my God for you and for the gracious gifts he has given you now that you belong to Christ Jesus. Through him, God has enriched your church in every way with all of your eloquent words and all of your knowledge. This confirms that what I told you about Christ is true. Now you have every spiritual gift you need as you eagerly wait for the return of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He will keep you strong to the end so that you will be free from all blame on the day when our Lord Jesus Christ returns. God will do this for he is faithful to do what he says and he has invited you into partnership with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. You see, Paul laid down a very kind, thoughtful comments to these people. He was bragging on them. He was letting them know how well they're doing and how happy he was the way they were growing and that the Lord was pleased with that. He didn't get into them and just start correcting them because they had a lot of problems. There were a lot of divisions in the church. There was a lot of confusion and Paul wanted them to understand. But if he just went in there and started yelling and screaming at them and tell them that they're wrong, they're doing this wrong, they're doing that wrong, and they need to get things straight or God's not going to bless them, that wouldn't have been as effective. So when we witness to others, when we share Christ with others, when we talk about the gifts of the Spirit to other people, we need to do it with love. We need to do it with a compassion and understand that we want to bless them. We want to help them grow in their walk with God and that we're not going to give them condemnation and we're going to talk down to them. Because I know I had experienced that in my early days as a Christian when I was trying to seek the gifts and people made me feel very uncomfortable like I was some kind of a shallow person or a shallow Christian and that I hadn't truly understood the true meaning of what it was to be a believer. And it was very difficult for me to recover from that. But when I ran into people who were loving and kind and shared their thoughts about the whole Holy Spirit. It was just such a blessing. You see, God wants us to be so filled with the Holy Spirit that it will be the 
miracle gifts of the Holy Spirit operating us through love, not just the manifestations. When we desire God above all else, we will receive the gifts of the Spirit and will be a blessing to other people. We must always lift up God first and never worship the gifts. We must always seek God above everything else. Our God desires for us to receive the gifts and he desired it so much that he anointed the Apostle Paul to write all the instructions that we need in 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians. So let me read a little from what Paul wrote again in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I've read it earlier in other podcasts, but I just think it's important that we understand Paul's trying to help these people. He's not trying to correct them and rule over them because he knows that God wants them to be filled with the Holy Spirit and with the power working miracles of the gifts of the Spirit. And so he first starts in giving them love and encourage them and blessing them. And then he starts giving instructions. And when he gets to the spiritual gifts we read about in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, let me just read a few verses here because I want to set the, the line correct so that we understand how we can share these gifts with other people. Paul says this in 12.1, 1 Corinthians. Now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the special abilities the Spirit gives us, I don't want you to misunderstand this. You know that when you were still pagans, you were led astray and swept along in worshiping speechless idols. So I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God will curse Jesus, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Then he says in verse 4, he gave the foundation there to understand. You were once sinners, but now you're not. Now God can bless you and use you. So in verse 4, he says, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. Verse 7, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. We need to help each other, guys. I'm telling you, those of you who are listening in, we need to help people understand the gifts of the Spirit. It's my personal opinion that the church has been holding back and allowing the Holy Spirit to operate in it because they're confused. There's questions. The people don't understand what's taking place. There used to be far more Pentecostal churches than we see today, but a lot of churches don't like to deal with the gifts of the Spirit in their church and their services and with their people because they're afraid that it'll cause confusion and cause misunderstanding and it may be taught wrong and those types of things. And because of that, we are lacking in many churches the brisk, wonderful moving of the Holy Spirit to operate the way that He is supposed to operate. So with that, I just believe that we need to pray and need to believe that the churches will receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit with the evidence in praying in their heavenly language, that they'll also understand that the gifts of the Spirit are real and that they should be praying for people and that all of us should be praying for those to see miracles take place. And when it takes place, we give all glory and all praise to God because He is the miracle-working God and He's the only one that can bring forth miracles. So with that, I think we need to take a moment and just think about what I just read about what Paul was telling the church. It's important that we teach from God's Word how the Holy Spirit Spirit should operate in the church. Let me give an example of what my wife and I went through when we first became Christians and we were both seeking the infilling of the Holy Spirit. We wanted to have the gift tongues interpretation. We wanted prophecy. I wanted to pray for the sick. I wanted to see people healed. And it was so exciting. It still is. It's still vibrant. And we still do those things today. But when we first became Christians, we didn't know where to look and who to talk to to help us understanding the miracle gifts of the Spirit. So they are a blessing in the church today. And they're ready and available to us if we'll just step out, believe that God is going to bring forth those gifts gifts to us. Thankfully, we ran into some good Christian people of good, solid pastor who helped teach us and train us. And we picked up the Word of God, and I 
sought direction from those who understand the working of the Holy Spirit, and that's a blessing to you. I would encourage you to read, if you would like additional instructions on this, you could read on the teachings of Smith Wigglesworth or Kenneth Hagin, people who were really wonderful teachers on the gifts of the Spirit and the miracles of the Holy Spirit. I think this might be a good time for me to just pray for those who are listening in. I don't know your status spiritually. I don't know where you stand in your walk with God. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then just take a moment right now and just say, I'm sorry for the sins I've committed. I know the Bible tells me that if I confess my sins, that Jesus will forgive me. And so I do confess them, and I ask you to forgive me from the sins in my life. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God, and I accept him now as my Lord and Savior. And I promise to serve him all the days of my life in Jesus' name. If you prayed that with a pure heart, with a true heart, with a right attitude towards your prayer, that you wanted forgiveness of your sins, then Jesus came into your life and forgave you. When that prayer was completed, the Holy Spirit entered your body. That's just what it says in the Word of God, that when we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, the Spirit of the living God comes to live and dwell in us. So he'll help you to learn things differently, to be taught things. You'll be able to read the Bible and it'll start to make more sense to you. You'll be able to read instructions and listen to good preaching at churches and receive those instructions. Now, in addition to that, after you become a Christian, if you desire to get more and more of what God has available for you, then I would encourage you to pray and seek the gifts of the Spirit. So I'm going to pray for you. Those of you who maybe are seeking the gifts that you would like to work in the gifts of the Spirit and operate in that, I'm just going to pray that the Lord will bless you and bring forth that blessing in your life. Father, I thank you for those who have listened in today. I know they're desirous of the gifts because otherwise, why would they have listened to this? They either have the gifts or they're seeking the gifts. Whatever the case is, I pray that you would bless them. And I pray, Lord, that the Spirit of the living God would come to dwell well in them in a very special way and bring forth the operation of the Holy Spirit. I pray that they would pick up the Bible and read what the Apostle Paul said and how to operate properly in the gifts. And I ask an anointing would come down upon them, that they would be blessed and they would be filled with the Holy Spirit and with power. And they would be able to pray for the sick and the sick shall be healed. And they'll minister to people and they'll operate in the gifts of the Spirit. They'll they'll pray in tongues and they'll understand what interpretation of tongues is and see it operating in their lives. Whatever the gifts that they desire, I know the Spirit gives those gifts as He wills. And so, Lord, I just pray now that you would then bring forth the blessings of the Holy Spirit, that more and more people every day would operate in those miracle gifts in the proper way that it was defined by the Apostle Paul. I'll thank you for it now and I pray a blessing would come down upon those, Father, who listen in today and desire to operate in these gifts. I thank you for it now and give you all praise, give you all glory for what's taking place. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, I hope this has been a blessing to you. We're going to continue in this series. I'm not going to just drop it and and leave it from here. I've been praying and seeking the Lord's guidance and direction, how far and how long we go into this, and I just want to be led by Him. So we'll continue our teachings on the miracle gifts of the Spirit. And in that tone, i Pray that you would seek additional reading information. If you would like, you could go to my webpage. I have some things I've written there that may be of benefit to you and a blessing to you. You can go to my webpage found at davidcfriendauthor.com and there you'll find, uh, when you pull that up on my webpage, you'll find a link that talks about the books that I've written. I've written books on faith and generosity and finances and things I believe that will be helpful to you. In addition to that, on my webpage, you can go to the podcast link that's on there 
there and go look at some of the other podcasts that I've taught. If you have interest in other areas of your Christian walk with God, what we call quality Christian living, you can go there and see that there's podcasts I've taught on prosperity, on spiritual and financial prosperity, on how to get out of debt and how to be a blessing to others and things that will bless you, how to witness and share your faith with other people. I hope that'll be a blessing to you. In addition to that, you can subscribe to my podcast on cpnshows.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. So we are going to continue, as I was saying before, on this teaching on miracles of the Holy Spirit. And I believe the next podcast, number 137, will be entitled Understanding Miracle Gifts of the Spirit. We want to get into talking about how we can understand how these gifts should operate and what it means and when they operate why they operate sometimes and other times it doesn't and try to get an understanding of that so that we can all learn how to operate in the gifts of the Spirit and bless the church because that's what the Apostle Paul told us to do through the anointing of the Holy Spirit that we should do these things so that we can be a blessing to others. So thank you once again for listening in. I ask that you would contact those who are your friends or neighbors, people that listen to podcasts and tell them about this teaching on the miracle gifts of the Holy Spirit. I believe it would be a blessing to them. I have been so thankful thankful for all the listeners who've tuned in over the last about 15 months that I've been doing these podcasts. We've done 136 of them now and have been able, through the blessing and the anointing of the Holy Spirit, to speak into 92 different countries who have been downloading these podcasts. So I thank the Lord for that. That's just simply a wonderful move of God. And I know he's got a wonderful work he wants to do here on the podcast, Quality Christian Living. Before I close, let me just make a general statement about Quality Christian Living. It was designed to help Christians live a full quality Christian life, to live the abundant life, to live the overcoming life, to live a life that's filled with joy and happiness and peace, a life that reaches out and helps others. And when they, when you do, that when you give away of what you have, it comes back to us, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. God will pour out a blessing on you. So I hope that as you listen to these podcasts, that it's helping you live a higher quality Christian life than maybe you thought was even possible. And through that, May God receive all the glory and honor for it. I don't want any honor. I don't want any recognition. I just want God to be lifted up. And I want the people of God to have a greater understanding of what it is to live a quality Christian life. So I thank God for that. And I thank that you have tuned in to be a part of this. So let me just close with this statement. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. May you prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. So until next time, I pray that God will richly bless you and that you will operate in the miracle gifts of the Holy Spirit.